feel the heat of the game. The crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache. And the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go, go, go. Rangers fans are counting down towards the title. Just seven more points needed at most. It could be clinched at Celtic Park next month. Celtic fans have bigger worries, though, than their biggest rivals landing the big prize on their home patch. Uh, they have lots more questions than answers about what Celtic are up to right now. So we'll be putting some questions to a Celtic legend who joins us in the studio on Go Radio on the football show for the first time. Welcome to John Hartson. How worried are you, John, about your old club? Well, I'm not so worried now, to be honest with you, because the league is gone. I think most Celtic fans would accept that Rangers will win the league. It's just a case of now, um, some of the things I'm hearing, it's been unbearable this season. No buzz, you know, from Celtic fans watching the team. They want change, and I believe there will, there will be change before the end of the season. OK, plenty to talk about with uh, John tonight about Celtic Rangers aren't thinking about the title countdown this week. They're looking to clinch a place on Thursday night in the Europa League last 16. And Stephen Cragen will be there at Ibrox on uh, Thursday. And uh, Rangers won't be counting their chickens, but uh, they look as if they've got one foot in that draw, Stephen, for the last 16. Yeah, well, Stephen Gerrard said after last Thursday's game that they will have to defend a lot better. I think they certainly had plenty of encouragement last Thursday night that they can score more goals. I would expect them to score more goals, keep the back door shut, and absolutely they should take a huge leap into the last 16. We'll get uh, Craig's thoughts uh, tonight on the relegation threat facing his old team as well, Motherwell, ahead of tomorrow night's crunch match, and it is for them, isn't it? And Paisley against uh, St Mirren's side looking to make it top six. There's championship football tonight in the Highlands. Inverness Cali Thistle uh, against Alawa, who are five points adrift at the bottom of the table. Dundee against their United was called off today for the fourth time, would you believe? We're looking ahead to the League Cup final on Sunday. Will it be Livingston or St Johnston who land the first silverware of the Scottish season? Yes, I know there was a trophy handed out this season, uh, but the Scottish Cup final was, of course, delayed from last season. Uh, sad news today as well. Former Manchester United Leeds and Scotland defender uh, Gordon McQueen has been uh, diagnosed with dementia. 68-year-old Gordon who started his football career at St Mirren of course and he played 30 times for Scotland and he was inducted to the Hall of Fame. A McQueen family statement uh, said they wanted to raise awareness about vascular dementia and uh, let players of today's generation know that there may be risks attached to uh, persistent heading of the ball. It's uh, yet another uh, Craig's uh, mm. high-profile uh, player um, suffering with, with dementia in his latter days. Well, it's worrying because it's that's the high-profile ones, Rob. You can't even imagine what the players in the lower leagues or other players are dealing with. And it's it's something because I, I, inter I listened intently to the uh, study that was done by Dr Willie Stewart and John McLean, if the SFA were involved in it. 
And I remember when it first came out and they said anybody born in their 70s or before that, or sorry, born in the 1970s or before that, there's major concern in the future of what could happen if there was a continual heading of the football. And I thought, well, I was born in the 70s, kind of, I was 76, John, I'm sure you were 75, 76. And, and it started to hit home a little bit. And the more you hear of people coming out and families being affected by it and former players being affected by it, you then think of your position. You think of what you've done most in training, what you've done most in games. And mine was certainly head and mm -hmm. ball, you know, yep. whether that was from, from crossing and finishing drills or just straight heading the ball up and down the pitch. And I'm sure John was the same. So yeah. well, it is, you know, I, it is I worrying. Could, I could head it before I could kick it. Yeah. Basically, the amount of times me, me and Mick Harford and we'd we'd stay out. I was a young boy at Luton. I cleaned Mick's boots. He was he was my um, the pro I used to look after, and I looked up to him. And we would stay out there for an hour, uh, and the the balls were, were were harder then as well. They weren't these balls now that are really light and they fly through the air. But they say that's irrelevant, John. They say that is Head irrelevant. The ball. So the weight of the ball. They say that the weight of the ball then yeah. is, is is the same weight of the ball is I, now. I think it's also I think it's, it that's something quicker. we assumed it was, that it was a yep. lot worse in those days. The but I think the re the scientific reality yeah. is that there's no great change in that respect because the ball moves quicker and hits your head faster than what right. they hit. You know, well, so got you. there's got everything you. in it. Yeah. So I tried to get myself, I tried to wriggle myself out of it and think, well, you know, things have changed. And he said it was Doctor Willie Stewart. And he said, no, it's not. It'll be the same from anybody born in the seventies, and that's why they're trying to bring in yeah. limited heading and training for young players or senior players. You know, of course, Chris Sutton's dad as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike, uh, Mike, you know, had uh, dementia. Yeah. Bobby Jeff, Charlton, Jeff, Jackie Charlton. Jeff Astle's Jeff Astle, campaigning yeah. all know. the time. Don Astle, yeah. yeah. Rob, I've, I've got, I, don't know if, I don't know if this affects anything, but I've got five... Most men haven't got a scar on their head. I've got five scars on my head. Mm. I've had two emergency brain operations. I got 48-inch scar from a buggy accident. I don't know whether if your head is cut open with the trauma... Um, my head's been split open five times and I've had huge work on my brain to save my life. Yeah. So I don't know if, if that makes any difference at all in terms of in the future. You know, I'm 45 years of age now and you know I shouldn't be here anyway. So yeah. <laughs> the years I've got I in front of me, I just as well cherish them. Yeah, I mean, you, you've, had so, I mean you've had so many health issues. Mm. Um, but is, is that something you worry about? Is, 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 the, po is the potential of, of dementia later on in life, is that something you... Well, of course, you, you want to go as, far, as long as you can, of course, and enjoy your life and enjoy your, your kids, you know, when they get married and when they grow up and have children you want to become a grandfather all these things that my father is to me and, and my brother and, and sisters you know uh, I don't think you can overly worry about it I just think that what what it is it, what's going to be will be ultimately if, if I if I get dementia um, then I'm going to have to just deal with it really uh, do I worry about it what I've been through yeah, not yeah. really I just know, try, I I just I try and well. live every day as, as best as yeah, I can now yeah. Yeah. I certainly think about it Rob Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm not going to lie no. the more players that seem to be coming out and you look at you know, managers who I worked under and even Alec McLeish and Terry Butcher the nose and the face and the mm. bumps that they had and the things they used to take playing football and you think whoa you know, so it is something that sits in the back of my mind. I don't think about it every day. But what's been done about you know? it, Stephen? What's been done? What are the FA? What are the yeah. government doing about yeah, it? It's well, okay talking about it. Gordon I McQueen, think. it's come out today. He's suffering now. There's another one, high profile. 
are we going to do get the rules right? Are we going yeah. to stop kids from the age of 10 to 13, you know, keep it under shoulder height, the ball. Yeah. Don't let them head the ball at an early age. Different when you become a professional because heading is a huge part of the game. Yeah. It's a massive part of my game. I probably wouldn't have had the career that I had yeah. if I wasn't as good as I was with my timing and heading the ball, you know, in terms of that. So it's okay us talking about it here. Mm. Yeah, we're raising the problem, the mm. issue. But there's got to be action. Yeah, it's, it's, about, be it's, action. About the, it's about the authorities taking some responsibility yes. for it, yeah. isn't it? And I don't think there's. But that's that's Chris Sutton's point, isn't it? I don't yeah. think I don't think there has been that acceptance that it is a big issue and a big problem. Absolutely. And and there should be uh, money invested in researching yeah. and getting Couldn't the answers to what exactly the damage is that's getting. But done. also former players, you know, if they think football players, I think is it four times more likely or five times more likely to get dementia than what the normal guy walking down the street is. Yeah. Well, surely then there, there has to be something put in place where former players can get tested. They can be used, you know, for evidence to see what's going on. So you like to hope that, you know, as much as Dr. Willie Stewart and John McLean have done a great research of it all, John's right. What is the next stage for us all? That's something we will come back to in the course of the show, I'm sure, um, on the day that it was confirmed that uh, Gordon McQueen, who was such a hero for Scotland, wasn't he? Uh, Centre-half scoring goals as well for Scotland is suffering from vascular dementia. We wish uh, him well. Uh, that's for sure. On the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited, uh, John Hartson and Stephen Cragen with me, Rob McLean. John with us for the first time in the studio. It's good to have you here. And uh, I'm just wondering what you're thinking about your old team, John Celtic. Uh, Crags and I were both at that game in Dingwall. Uh, you watched it on Sky. Um, what, what were you thinking about afterwards? Not, and not even maybe about that particular game, but, it, but, but essentially, possibly it did sum up the season. Celtic missed opportunities, sloppy on the set piece, more points spilled. Well, they went on a decent run of games, didn't they, before before uh, Roscoe? Although now it's too late. It's far too late. Um, what do those wins mean? Do they mean anything at this stage of the season? I don't think they Five do. Five wins on the bench? They'll mean something to the players, of course, before, for their personal pride. And, and of course, when you're Celtic, you, you should be beating Motherwell. You should be beating Kilmarnock. You should be beating these teams. Yeah. Although sometimes they will produce a great performance against you. You might have an off day, but Celtic have just had far too many off days this season. I think I was watching it and I was a bit disillusioned with what I was seeing. Here we go again, can't mm. defend set pieces, um, giving the ball away cheaply, not creating an awful lot. Um, Lee Griffiths again brought on to save the day last 20 minutes rather than starting the game. Ayeti, who's been getting praise um, not starting again uh, so you look at the situation and I, I think it's this season has, uh, lately has, it's just been a bit unbearable yeah. the fans they, they just don't feel any buzz um, they can't get excited about nothing because of the current regime that, that are running the football yeah. side of the club and what, and what they're worried about John is what lies ahead you know th this season is in tatters for the Celtic fans because yeah. of what's happened. Ten in a row now is just a, a distant memory, and it, it, they're going in with big expectations. It, it's all it's all crumbled. Um, but I mean, I, I interviewed Neil Lennon afterwards, and and I was much more concerned in that interview actually on the back of the result once we dealt with that. Was what's happening here? Are you in charge till the end of the season? Are you in charge next season? How big a part are you 
playing in a big rebuild at Celtic. And and he that was one of the questions asked him. He he accepted, he agreed with me that a big rebuild is required at Celtic. Is he involved in that? Is Nicky Hammond still the head of recruitment? Is he the guy who's bringing in the new players? Peter Law's on the way out. Dominic Mackay, the new CEO, is on the way in. What's going on? Well, the, in my opinion, there's just been so much gone wrong this season. I, I, I can't, I can't for the life of me understand why Celtic have decimated and why they've dropped so low in terms of where they were. I was telling people a year or two ago, Celtic were going to win 13, 14 in a row. They were so far ahead. They were totally out of sight in terms of what they were going to achieve. I thought they'd, they'd do this 10 in a row quite comfortably. They've obviously taken their eye off the ball in terms of recruitment. They just think it's going to happen like it's generally happened in, pre, in the previous nine years. Um, and I just think people people know my feelings on it. People know that I just feel there's, there's a, an overhaul needed and that's from top to bottom. I think there'll be at least 10 players that will leave the football club. Um, big players I could I could name a few now like Duffy will will go um, the lone players Jojo. are easily got rid of aren't they because yeah, they come to the end of their time they'll go back to their it. respected you know respective clubs he's not really a big player for them John is he because he hasn't played an awful lot Shane no I, that's, I probably shouldn't have mentioned Duffy there first but you know the likes of um, people like you've got to hold on to people like Christie McGregor that's the key um, Elianusi I think will probably go there's other players that will probably go. Um, but does Christie want to stay? Do you, do you think Christie wants to? to well, be again, at the my club? my point is that Celtic have to keep these young, these good young players. But if you're McGregor and if you're Forrest, you're looking at someone like Kieran Tini down at Arsenal. You know, earning massive amounts of wages. Yeah, and, and you it, can say these are great players. Yeah, good players, good Celtic players. They've come through the system. They've been there a long time. They might be looking at it and thinking, well, do you know what? Mm-hmm. Um, we've not quite got the 10. Now it might be my opportunity to go down to England, earn good money. These guys are not 21, 22, 23 anymore. Oh. You know, they're getting to a stage where they want to look after their futures. They're seeing their pal down at Arsenal, moved yeah. on. Yeah, and Ryan right. Christie's seeing his pal Stuart Armstrong at Southampton well, as well. Again. And, and, and that's, a, that's another worry in terms of who do you hold on to. Um, Celtic Edward will definitely go. There's another one. Lee Griffiths doesn't seem happy. He wants to play football in the latter years of his career. I think Lee's, is he 30 now? Yep, 31? He yeah, he's 30. Scott Brown is the other side of 35. Will yep. Scott join the staff? What will he do next? Um, so there's a lot to ponder. There's a lot to ponder. And what the, what the fans don't want, I think they want to see, um, they want to get excited about a new team. I think they feel that they've had a they've had an awful time of it, watching Rangers beat Celtic twice, watching them go into an 18-point lead, which is unacceptable. Um, and I just think they want change. And I do believe there will be change. I do believe that they will have that conversation and I'll be amazed if this regime is still in charge next season. Absolutely amazed. I just wonder though, you're speaking there, John, that's interesting, an interesting conversation about how many 
how many pieces are in the jigsaw puzzle for next season that you're going to build the new mm-hmm. Celtic around? Uh, I mean, Natasha uh, from a Celtic State of Mind podcast, she was on the show the other night. She was talking about Chris Iyer. She'd like the team... She, Chris Iyer, David Turnbull's an obvious one that you would want to, yeah. to, to be building the team around. But how many how many obvious players are there that are going to be Celtic next season and going to be key elements of the new Celtic? Well, the ones with the longer contract, Callum McGregor, James Forrest, I think until 2023. David Turnbull would certainly be one. I'd imagine Ismail Sorrow will be one there, thereabouts. Christopher Julian still has a couple of years left on his contract. James Forrest, we've mentioned. Greg Taylor still has a couple of years left. And Mikey Johnson. Out with that, I don't see anything else really because Lee Griffiths is 18 months or under 18 months. Edward and Cham's on loan, but he's in or he's within 18 months of his contract. Christopher Ayer, I think, will go. There's been so much speculation about him going. Uh, Scott Brown's. John said is, is 35 and you know John's touched on going into the coaching staff I think to go on being a part of the coaching staff you have to earn that mm. you don't just earn it from going from being a player to being a coach you've got to go and learn your trade and, you know, and, and go where you go the lone players will go back John's right I've said it before about Callum McGregor if there's going to be a rebuild it's going to take two or three years for to get Celtic back to where they want to get to he's going to think well I'm be 30 I'll be over 30 by then so there's going to be big choices that come along and you're talking about Ryan Christie being out of contract and people have said oh he has to stay there's been no contract talks publicly. Normally these things get into the public mm. domain and you know that players have been offered contracts because they don't know who the manager might be. It could be Neil, it might not be. Chief executives now has been appointed but may not start until the end of June. So there's so many things that need to be put in place for any of these players to commit. You're not going to commit to a football club not knowing who the manager is. I wouldn't have thought so. You're going to sign a, a four or five year deal and that could be the last contract, yeah. your last big contract of your career. You want to know who's in charge. You want to know what's going on. I think as well, Stephen, if Celtic are not proactive here, you know, if they're not proactive and they, and they don't get this the business done and get the right people in charge, Rangers will take huge momentum into next season. They will throw well, the book at Stephen Gerrard in terms of keeping him at the football club. Yeah, and they're, they're already putting pieces in place they're for next season. They're already cruising the, the league. With, I bet they can't yeah. believe how easy they've had it. There's not been a challenge. They've not even got close. Not even got to a stage where, you know, if we win this game, we'll get to within three or four points. There's been no pressure. Yeah. And I bet, they, in all fairness, they've had a good season. They've not lost a game. You know, you have to give them some credit, by the way. You know, uh, Barry, Barry was on you last night saying that he doesn't think they've had the credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think they have. Um, I think because Celtic being so abysmal this season, in terms of the, the points difference, going out to the Champions League qualifier, losing 8-2, finishing bottom of the Europa League, thing, losing to, sorry, drawing three games, having come back from Dubai. I could go on and on and yeah. on about the poor results. I think Celtic have to get their house in order and make sure they get the right people in. Now, it's almost like saying, Stephen, Celtic should now maybe appoint a director of football. Yeah. Because he then will help Celtic in terms of the new chief executive coming in. He will advise Celtic hierarchy in the board members, the, the chairman, Mr. Dermot Desmond, the owner of the football club, the, the highest share or the you know the biggest shareholder yeah. they've got. In terms of who who comes in, who takes this job, and who, who can obviously regain the title yeah. from Rangers. That, that's a big concern. 
You're echoing the thoughts of lots of worried Celtic fans at the moment who've got certainly more questions than answers about what is going on. Is there a directive football uh, forthcoming and when will that person be in place? Uh, and who is the manager next season who's going to be overseeing uh, the signings which will make a difference for Celtic? You might want to get involved in this conversation. You might agree with Barry Ferguson from last night. Are Rangers not getting enough credit for what they're doing at the moment amidst all the chaos? at Celtic you can get in touch in all the usual ways join us on the show talk to John Hartson if you fancy on the socials at Go Football Show and text it's go on your message to 87474 and the phone number you know it so well it's 0808 17 17 700 The Bull Radio Football Show Heard the one about the Scotsman, the Irishman and the Welshman. Uh, we're all on the Go Radio Football Show for uh, Tuesday night with OPC Energy Limited. Rob McLean is the token Scotsman. Uh, Stephen Ireland... Uh, Stephen, Stephen Ireland. Ireland. Stephen Ireland. Ireland. That, was a, that was a combo there. Uh, Stephen Cregan, former Motherwell skipper, former Northern Ireland international as well. And the Welsh legend that is uh, John Hartson is with us in the studio as well. More than 100 goals for Celtic. I know... I, 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 Whenever we have this conversation joined, you always put you always put me right on how many um, exactly. I always say more than hundred because I can't actually remember the exact number, but I know you will be able to put me <laughs> spot on. How many goals for Celtic? I think it was hundred and ten. Could have been could have been a few more if the, if the linesman had done their job properly. Yeah, well, it. exactly. But you're going to settle for hundred and ten, are you? Settle for that, yeah. Let's get uh, Liam, who's a Celtic fan, into the conversation as well. Hi, Liam. Hi, hi guys. Hi, Liam. How are you doing? Hi, not bad, yourselves? Hi, good, thanks. How happy or unhappy or worried or whatever are you about your team at the moment? I mean, obviously we had a couple of games on form, scoring goals, a good couple of wins. And then obviously, the last game against Ross County there, it was just, to my, to my, in my opinion, diabolical. It was a diabolical performance. I don't think there was any fight. Um, I think that the second half, Ross County controlled most of the game. Um, but now from that loss what's the next step for Celtic where, where do we go from this does Lennon continue with the job does he start, help with this rebuild like I'm totally confused about where do we go from yeah. this yeah I think we're all a bit confused John Hartson aren't we well if if, uh, if if he is part of the rebuild then I would I would seem to think that he will be in charge um, next season which I don't think that that's not what the Celtic supporters want. I no. think they want change. They they want change across the board, you know. Because I don't think Neil Lennon can just be held accountable for everything that's gone wrong. No. He's got a recruitment agency which didn't get the right players in at the start of the season, weren't strong enough, weren't good enough to play consistently. Um, I think you've got people like you know the likes of Strachan and and, and John Kennedy. What are they doing? Are they are they helping him? Um, so they can't get off scot free. If if we're gonna make changes and and have an overhaul in terms of the staff, which I think it needs. So what I'm trying to say is, if 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 I can't I can't think that if they are going to change the manager, which I think they will, and the, and the staff. That's my belief. I don't know I don't know anything from what's coming out from the inside of Celtic, but if Neil is in charge of now the rebuild then 
you know, it just goes to show that he's he's obviously somebody they're thinking of, you know, staying on in the job. And I think I think Liam, the the big problem at the moment is is the is a lack of communication, isn't it, for the Celtic fans? That that that's that's the big problem going forward uh, because nobody seems to have a clue what's happening here. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I've said this multiple times. There's definitely no communication. This comp. Um, I mean, that review. Um, was next to it wasn't really what we expected. It was minimal of what we wanted. Um, and the same, I agree, agree with Hartson there. It doesn't just go down to Lennon. I mean, it goes down to the rest of the backroom staff. Goes to your scouting like Nicky Hammond. I mean, you've got these players as well. The other ones on the pitch um, playing in football. It comes down to them and their performances and the fight that they're giving as well. But um, yeah, it goes a lot. It goes a lot deeper. Um, but I just think they need to sit down, figure out the situation, let the supporters know, um, so we can move on and hopefully um, improve for next season. I think the biggest thing is, I don't believe Neil Lennon knows what's happening. No, and he's the man that's continually put in front of the cameras before games, after games, pre-match interviews. He's been asked the questions. And he genuinely doesn't know the answers because is, is he's not he, getting information from anybody. So there's no clarity, there's no clear pl- path. If there is, he's certainly not in on it. So is he Craig's being hung out, hung out to dry at well, the moment? I think it's a little bit unfair on him because he's continually been asked questions by journalists. I know you spoke to me the other night, Rob, and it was a very good interview. You, you know, you have to ask the questions that people want asked, and you've done that. But I think it gets to the stage where he doesn't know any, you know he doesn't know what else to say because he thinks yes I would want to be manager yes I'd love to do the rebuild yes I believe in myself I'm in my dream job will I be the manager next year and he continually says well I don't make that decision and it's exactly what I'm saying if you're trying to attract players to your football club you're trying to keep your best players at your football club they will want clarity uh, clarity they will want to know what direction the club is going in and what part they will play yeah and I think until you get that, then it's very hard for players to commit to staying beyond their contracts where they are or for new players to come in. You'd think, well, do you know what? I'll just hold off at the minute until I find out who the manager is and how they want to play. Does it suit me? What will go on? So this is just an ongoing cycle at Celtic that unless they make a decision, unless they come out and make it, then this is going to continue, I'm afraid. And I think, Liam, there's this massive contrast as well, isn't there, across the city at the moment with what's happening at Rangers. They're cruising towards the title at the moment. They're putting the pieces in place for next season to to further improve the squad. They're making big strides in European football as well. You can see them going quite deep into this Europa League if they get get a decent draw on Friday. Uh, They might already, John Hartson, be be difficult to stop next season, Rangers. They they could... could steal a march couldn't they you know they're in the ascendancy they'll take massive confidence and momentum in terms of how easy they've been able to to, to, to stop the 10 this year they looked like a team that were hungry right up for it at the start this is Steve Gerrard managed to hold on to his best players when he was under pressure the likes of Ryan Kent the likes of Morvelos the likes of Goldson Definitely there would have been clubs asking questions about his best players. No, I'm not selling anybody. I'm here to do a job. I want this title this year. And that's why they've gone on and on and on. And in all fairness, you know, they deserve a lot of credit. They've not lost a game. Celtic have lost four games. Rangers have drawn four. Celtic have drawn seven. And, uh, you know, it, it's been far too easy. And I bet they're, they're thinking, Steve Gerrard with his staff, I bet they're thinking, wow. How easy has this been? Well, you say that, but they've got 82 points out of 90. 
Yeah. You know, that's you know, it's not as if they've dropped loads of po- uh, loads of points in the still without, head. You without know. pressure, Stephen? Maybe well, without anyone well, getting close to them? Well, I think the pressure was always going to be on them to stop 10 in a row. Ultimately, the more the games they won early on, the kind of pressure maybe eased a little bit. And that's the way you have to look at it. But you can't help but think when this season started, one of the two old firm managers wouldn't be in a job next season. Because if Stephen Gerrard went three seasons without winning the title and Celtic had 10 in a row, he'd have been gone. Yeah. And if Neil Lennon didn't deliver what the Celtic fans demanded and dreamt of and sung about for years, then you'd imagine that the axe would fall on him. And that seems the way it's evened itself out. Stephen Gerrard's the one you know, smooth and there's no pressure on him. And now all the focus is on Neil Lennon and when he will leave and you know how long will he get, who's the new manager going to be. That was always going to be the case. One of the two of them was going to lose their job, I would imagine, come the summer for next season. Liam, who would you keep of the, the Celtic players who are currently with the club, who are the ones that you would definitely want to be building the team around for next season? If you look at the squad we have just now, obviously we've lost a couple of players. Most likely we're going to lose another couple next season, some of the big players. For me, you're building your team around the likes of Tumble. If you can, if you're, if you can hand on, hang, hang on to the players like Ayer, which is going to be a big ask with such a big potential. I mean, he's only 21, but the players like Ayer, Tumble, Sorrow, McGregor, these are the players you want to build your team around, you know. I mean, Griffiths, he's a goal scorer, but he's getting on. Brown is, for me, he's, he's completely done. I, I just think he can, he can come in, but at certain games, but at a high level, he's just not there anymore. And I mean, then you've got like your loan signings, Lennon or Desmond, whoever it is, making these decisions or look to sign on. None of them, for me, really give you that satisfaction. I go, you need to be in this team next season. So yeah, the likes of Tumble, Sorrow, maybe Ayer, that's the players you're working around, uh, your team around. Liam, are, are you slightly concerned that how how easy Rangers have had it this season? And also, I are you worried? I'm a little bit worried, a bit concerned of Celtic sliding, sliding in oh, terms yeah. of if they don't get this right, if they're not proactive, and if they don't appoint a, a new sort of um, staff manager staff. Get busy in the market. The Euros are coming up in the summer. Get your scouts, your recruitment over to the Euros. Snap up these good young players, these French, Spanish players. Are you worried that Rangers will take momentum and all of a sudden, having won nine trophies on the spin, a quadruple treble, we will be in a position then where we are actually chasing Rangers? Definitely, I definitely agree. I mean, Mm. if you look at it, the, the amount of years that we've had ahead of Rangers, obviously they had gone down to the divisions and we had that time to build and, and progress as a team. I mean, Celtic have always been a club who have, have had ambitions to go to the Champions League. Now, it's only now last season, we start, didn't start off the best. We were able to pick it up. This season, it's completely fell down. Rangers are non-stop pushing. I mean, even in January, they're signing the likes of Scott Wright. Jack Simpson, these players have got potential, these players who, like Scott Wright, he's played for Aberdeen, he knows the league, um, and I, the way I look at it, Rangers like to take action on stuff there and then, they don't wait until it's too late, and I think if they keep, Rangers keep pushing the way they are, um, with the likes of maybe qualifying for the Champions League group stages, um, which we really struggle with every year, um, I do think Celtic, if Celtic don't act now, 
we could slip away. And, and some yeah. Celtic fans, Crags, will be worried mm. that it's already too late, that they've already yeah. missed the boat. We're, we're, we're coming towards the end of February. Mm-hmm. The, the European qualifier, the, the Europa and Champions League qualifiers w- will be in July. I mean, you need to be getting yeah. your, your, your players in place now, plus a manager, plus a director mm. of football, potentially. Well, time's ticking. And it's not a case of just throwing... 11 new signings or 12 new signings because I believe that's what Celtic will need in the summer by the time even the likes of Tom Rogic hasn't been mentioned you know, Tom Rogic was almost sold in the summer yeah. you can't imagine he's just going to keep plodding away at Celtic somewhere along the line he's going to have to move on somewhere else mm. so to suddenly throw 11, 12 players together with 9 or 10 that you have you don't just come up with a system and build team morale and get you know unity that has to be built over time through training time through working on the training pitch getting together I also look at David Turnbull I know Liam touched on him there saying building the team around him He's made that big an impact. I can see someone coming in the summer and putting money in the table and saying, what do you think? Mm-hmm. Genuinely do. I, that's how big an impact he's made for me. Yeah. And I think there'll be a few clubs down in England will think, we should." I certainly spoke to two and they were looking at him and they thought, mm, we're not sure. He might need to make one more step before we are interested. He's what, made that what, step to Celtic and I generally Celtic, think... Yeah, what the Celtic fans want to think... Sorry for interrupting there, mate. If something comes into my mind, I've got to stop doing no, no. that, by the way. It comes into okay. my mind. That Pressure I gotta, buzzer. I've got to say it before <laughs> it goes out of my head. But um, what, what you'd find is, you'd find with... If, if Celtic were to bring in, which I think they will, a, a new man in charge and, and uh, also uh, some people to come with the new manager... Because the new manager will will have the right will earn the right to do that. Mm. You know, you want the, most people go now with staff, yeah. trusted assistants, and people like this. Yeah, which Neil Lennon didn't do. Yeah. when and he the was first put back thing the they'd job. be told is by the new chief executive, Turnbull doesn't go, Aya doesn't go. You lay the law down straight away in terms of don't matter what bids come in. We've got some fringe players. We've got some f- players here that we feel that we can sell. But you tell the new people that are in charge, the manager and his staff, we do not even consider. These are the lifeblood. These are the yeah. future of the club. These keep yeah. the fans... This will make the fans buy new season tickets because they'll have, still yeah. have that little bit of hope. Although you have to be satisfied, John, that those players want to be at well, the club because that's been a big pre- problem for Neil Lennon right from early on in the season after the Ferenc Varos game when Celtic were knocked out of the Champions League qualifiers and he was talking about players that were trying to fashion a move away from the club yeah. they were they were wanting well, out if that's, if that's the way it's been and you're right what you're saying I think Neil has had to try and, and work different things out he's protected the players he's, he's hung the players out at times he's spoken about a, a new um a new culture, another about culture, a culture problem, everything yeah. else. But the one thing I'd say is, if there was somebody new coming in, I think the players would get a bit of fresh impetus. They'd have a bit of belief. New players coming in to add to the good players that you have gives you half a chance then to, re- to, to get your title back. But the problem on Christopher Ayer, the difference between Ayer and Turnbull, Turnbull's got a long-term contract, so they can hold on to him. Whereas Alexa Ayer, yeah. he's within 18 months, John. So next summer, he can go for minimal amount of money. So Celtic really have to look and think, well, if he's not going to sign, do we want a player here who's already looking at leaving, but we want to try and keep him to keep him happy? He's never going to sign a contract, or do we take seven, eight, nine, ten million, whatever it may be that's on offer? And that's the balancing act they'll have to come up with. So it shouldn't have arrived at this situation. You'd imagine they should have had contract offer last season to him, so we don't get to this point. And you would have known then of whether he's going to be part of your long-term plan or whether he's someone who's going to try and move on. So we're kicking around lots of thoughts about Celtic, Liam. Has that made you any happier or has it made you even more worried than you were about what's to come for Celtic? I mean, it's, it's a wee bit of a bit, uh, mixed bag of emotions, like how to deal with it. 
we're, we're, when you're looking at the summer and uh, how we're going to progress, I mean, I, I said this actually, I think I speak for a lot of Celtic fans, ever since Rogers left, I think fans were a bit worried that our club would be cleared out with our top talent. I mean, who says teams like Leicester um, and that won't come in and take the players that um, have built the club of what it's been, like a Callum McGregor, Odson Edwards, all these big players. Uh, I just hope Desmond now can kick on, make a decision. Um, if he's keeping Lennon, I'm not going to be happy with it, but we would rather know instead of being kept in the, the dark and having, not having a clue about this club. Because for me, since the start of the season, it's just that's all it's been. We've been kept in the dark and not been given any kind of sign of what's happening next. Uh, multiple staff members going back on their words. Um, yeah, so I just think if he kicks on now, let us know what's happening and uh, maybe we can refresh for next season and hopefully kick on and, and get back to where we belong. Liam, thanks for your call. Um, good to hear from you on the show. All the best. No worries, Cheers, Liam. Liam. And, uh, well, that's a recurring theme, isn't it, from Celtic fans, that lack of communication. They just want to know what's going on. They want to feel confident about the way ahead. Um, if you're a Rangers fan, you might agree with what Barry Ferguson said last night. The former skipper on the show last night said that he didn't reckon Rangers have been getting enough credit for what they're doing. Seven points away from the title. The Bull Radio Football Show. Do love that music. Uh, <laughs> the Go Radio Football Show with OPC Energy Limited on a Tuesday night with Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen and John Hartson, the Celtic legend, is joining us for the first time. He's uh, recovering from injury at the moment. <laughs> He's recovering from a knee replacement operation. John, how is it going? How are you moving? I'm better now, Rob. It's been seven weeks actually today, uh, post-op. So, um yeah, it's it's not a, it's not a pretty operation. I don't think anybody who's had a knee re- although they're very popular. Now, it's, I think it's one of the most that and the hip replacement, knee replacement are very common, um, but it's a sore one. You know, the first two or three weeks, it's uh, severe, severe pain. And I've had a, as you know, I've had a few operations. You've seen a few operating <laughs> yeah. theatres in your but, time, uh, haven't you? You know, this one you know, on on crutches for the first three or four weeks, and then just getting the bend and. Because it's, it's putting something new, literally, into your body, the knee replacement. So, you know, everything around it, the muscles, the nerves, the bone, everything has to knit together, you know, and uh, the body has to take to that as well, sort of thing. So, um, no, I'm, I'm, I feel as if I'm getting stronger all the time. I'm off the crutches now and uh, I'll be getting back to work soon because it's not been the great year for me. I lost my sister back in October quite tragically she, oh. my sister was only 18 months older than me she died suddenly yeah. so I went down I spent six weeks you know around my parents and everything they'll, they'll never get over it they're, they're devastated uh, none of us will actually um, and then I came back up and the, the operation was due in December which they couldn't do it because of Covid was around the hospital the spire in uh, Murrayfield the private hospital there and then they rearranged it for the beginning of January um, so I've just got to get myself right, and then hopefully, um, you know, I'll be I'll be back in front of the TVs again. It's just been a, a horrible time, hasn't it, for mm. for so many people? Men- mentioning your your knee surgery there t- takes us back to that to a certain medical, doesn't it? Where uh, you were almost a Rangers player and then suddenly you became a Celtic player. Yeah, I dodged a bullet that day, Rob. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, you know, I was playing for Wales, and you know, I got the call to say that. 
Rangers had uh, had paid six point five million for me, and I was um, I was to, to to fly up to um, Glasgow from Cardiff. I was with the national team actually, with Mark Hughes and and all the Welsh players there. And um, the, uh, the Rangers had put a private jet on, and I'm, I was to get up myself up to Glasgow, complete the medical, and then uh, get back in time to play the game. I think we were playing Belarus away um, on the, on the on the with the Welsh game. So I arrived at Ibrox. I was signing on the same day as Ronald De Boer. I saw Ronald De Boer in the centre circle, holding up his Rangers scarf, and um, ultimately I um, I went for a couple of scans. That's all it was, and then it was Dick Advocat actually that was that was trying to sign me. He was the manager, and it didn't materialise. They came back and said, "There's something that shows on the knee. We we can't, you know, proceed with the deal." So within a couple of hours, I was I was back on that plane, back down to Wales with my dad, and you know, and I was naturally upset because mm. I had no allegiances at that particular time, the year two thousand it was. Um, and you know we're talking what 20, 20 odd years ago now. I had no allegiance. I didn't grow up a particular fan of either club. I'd always played in England. You know, just getting on with my football, Arsenal, West Ham, all the other clubs. Um, and then, and then obviously um, six months later, I, I Gordon Strachan says to me, "I've got Martin O'Neill interested in you, Celtic. They know all about what happened at Rangers. They'd like to take you to Celtic. Um, they are not too stringent with the medical." Um, and then I did pre-season with Gordon up at St Andrews and Martin came to see me and I, I signed for Celtic six months later. And 110 goals later, you were a Celtic legend. Yeah. Well, and, I, but, I, I, and then you were just you were telling me that, that but even after your time at Celtic, there had there was a little chance you could have gone, gone to Rangers. Yeah, as well, well I, I left Celtic. Brian Robson signed myself and Kevin Phillips, Kevin from Aston Villa and myself from I think Celtic. I played in your first game. You played against Motherwell in a pre-season game at Fir Park. That's with, right, yeah. With West Brom and I played against your first game. Uh, possibly, yeah. Did I score? Yeah, uh, no, I think I blanked out that day. I'll <laughs> 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 the first time. Well, well, there was another day, but I won't bring it up. Oh, I was, right, I was okay. David Murray got in touch about a potential, the potential yeah, and I, 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 it was a, it was a reporter. I won't mention his name. Said to me that um, expect a call from Mr. Murray. He's, uh, he's, he's sort of seeked your number out, and I got a call and I said hello, Mr. Murray, and he said, look, he said I'd, I'd like to bring you back up to Rangers. He said uh, we made a mistake. Uh, we should have signed you. Um, these medicals blah 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 and I said look with, with all due respect thank you very much but there was no way there was there was no way it was never happening the conversation was a bit of a waste of time really but I suppose he tried to get me back up and his actual words were you know we'll stick you in the safe house for the first half game <laughs> and I was like well, well hold on that's no way to live your life do you know what I mean no. it's not the life I choose to live anyway no. that would have um, been fun in the Glasgow Goldfish Bowl wouldn't yeah, it yeah but there, there you go the opportunity but I said look one I probably would never be a would have never been accepted fully accepted and secondly, from the Rangers fans, and secondly, I just as well throw all my 110 goals, you know, down the river because yeah. um, again, that's not the thing. It's the same as Cardiff City. I've no no hatred for Cardiff, but yeah, Swansea man, as a Swansea City yeah. fan, I'm, you know, it's just something that you have to live a little bit with with morals and integrity, and it's just not something I would have done. You know, my, my mates, Swans fans, and everything else, and I'd scored them goals for Celtic. There was never in a million years that I was going to go and do that. Um, I just would not do it for all the money in the world. It was just a no-no for me. Yeah. But, Morals, um, integrity, that's not going to catch on. Come on. <laughs> no, well, I think you've got to have them in life. <laughs> yeah, though. I, know, yeah. I know you struggled to get that down <laughs> again. No, yeah. no, no. Couple no. of years down here, yeah, but there you are. <laughs> Let's talk to George uh, about the Rangers of 2021. George, how are you doing? I'm very well. Yourself, lads? Yeah, good, oh, yeah, good. What would you like to say? Yeah. 
Just first of all, if I could just start to uh, join. I'm, I'm a Rangers man, but I'm really sorry to hear about your loss, sir, mate. It's very oh, Thank you, George. And I appreciate your mum and, Very kind. Thank you. Your, your mum and dad get better soon in regards to it. Thank you, mate. That's say. kind words. Yeah. Appreciate that. That's very nice here, George. What, what would you like to say about, about your team on the brink of the title? Okay. So this is a nice part away now. That it's, it's, this is this is the bugbearer that's coming in now, John. Um, okay, so it's your thesis. It's kind of got to me. So it was actually my call uh, brought up with, with Barry Ferguson actually saying that Rangers don't get uh, the credit. And I, 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 I brought it up with Barry. Barry agreed with me at the time. And this this is my thinking behind it, um, John. Uh, and who else is on? Is it Craig? Stephen Stephen Craig. It's basically... If you're going to work it out, it's like a team that's no pressure and a team that is um, not as good as what they, they, they should have been, then you could dismiss every league title from now to the, beginning, the end of time. You know, Celtic won nine in a row. First, first title, we lost 15 points. Every title after that, up until we were back in the league, they won. And then they, they wouldn't have come back, they were rebuilding. But Celtic won the league on their merit. They were first, they won the league on the merit. Now, what I did say, and I said to my friends, I didn't ever think I would see another Brendan Rodgers season with the amount of points and the way they played. But, in all due respect, I've, I, I can turn the table and contradict myself. Brendan Rodgers were playing against a Rangers team that were nowhere near challenging the way that um, you know we're challenging now. We're, we're, we're taking this title off a team that have won 12 domestic trophies in a row. 12 in a row. You know, um, we're not just coming up. They've not just come up from another division and rebuilding. We've improved, uh, improved every year um, under um, Gerard. This is our merits that's won this. I don't think even a good Celtic team, even a Celtic team in good form, would have been able to handle this, John. And the reason why is we're neck and neck with this Brendan Rodgers team. And actually, if we win every game between now and the end of the season, plus goals and against, we will beat that Brendan Rodgers team. What, what more could Celtic have done and what more could Rangers have done? The, the credit has to go on the team, it, it's done, it comes in first. And also what I will say, because I know obviously the news is coming up and things like that, what I would say is, uh, this is I don't think this is a one-season wonder either. I mm. think Celtic will struggle to try and challenge this Rangers team next year. Um, and that's because of the rebuilding process, because we know how long it takes. You can't just throw money at this. There's also, you know, you've got to know players, you've got to know the routine, backroom staff, and that, that okay. does take a while. Right, George, let's, let's get an answer. That you, you're spot on with the news at six on the way, by the way. You're oh. you're sharper than me in terms of that. Um, John, what, yeah. what do you reckon? Well, George, 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 George have you been listening to the show, mate? Did you tune in earlier? Yeah, you no, know, I did yeah. say that you obviously you gave us a bit of credit, but then yes. it's kind of, you know, you know, I know what you're saying, but... It's not doing it, but then you were putting it down to the fact that Rangers haven't got a challenge and things like that. But you know, you could throw that argument at a really title when somebody runs away with it. Yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. Well, yeah. John, you know no, I mean? it's no problem, mate. Yeah, you listen, you're entitled yeah. to your opinion, everybody is. Um, but what, what I would say is, I think Rangers have had a fantastic season. I think Steve Gerrard has been working on a system, on, on a formation for the time that he's been at Rangers. He's generally settled for a 4-3-3. They normally play three across the top. Um, it's normally Kamara, Aribo, Davis. You know, you could go on. And then Kent can play in on the left side of the middle. And then you've got the likes of Morelos. You brought in Kemar Roof. Um, you, you've got other players like Haji, those come in and who's, who's, who's really, really sort of hit the ground running, really, and scoring important goals for you. But mm-hmm. I'm not too sure whether the organisation and, and, the, and, the, and the tactical nouse of a Brendan Rodgers, I think if, if, if he'd have still been at Celtic, I think... I think as well, I think the Rangers fans, I might be wrong, but although 
as good a season as Rangers and Steven Gerrard are having, they're unbeaten, I still think it would have been closer than what it is if Brendan would okay, have been no, in charge. Yeah. No, no, you know what I'm going to do? George, George, I, George I, you, know, you know what I'm going to do here? Yeah. We're going to continue this. This is an interesting discussion which we're going to continue mm-hmm. after okay, the okay. after the news at six. So, so either hang about there, George, or, or we'll get back to you and we'll no, continue can, this discussion because you were, you were the man that said the news at six is on the way and you were absolutely right. <laughs> Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on boiler servicing and maintenance, visit opc-ltd.uk. Football show. Let's go. That first hour has just flown in in typical Go Radio football show fashion. Good to have you with us at Glasgow's own Go Radio, the best football chat show on radio. We just like talking football and we do it night after night. We do it at the weekends as well. Sunday, uh, last weekend, Saturday, this weekend as Rangers march on towards the title. Disappointing uh, day for Scotland's women's team this afternoon. Uh, they've lost to Portugal. Uh, the game was played in Larnaca in Cyprus. It was meant to be at Easter Road. Um, I'm not going to explain to you why it actually happened over there. Six changes to the team. Stuart McLaren in interim charge of the team. Of course, 10-0 winners against Cyprus on Friday, but it didn't go Scotland's way today. They missed chances early on and they lost out to Portugal in the end by two goals to nil. That was the last game in the European qualification campaign. Uh, they didn't have a chance of making it in any case. So uh, good luck ongoing to Scotland's women, but it was a, a losing 2-0 a performance today against Portugal. We're looking ahead to what's to come. There's one game in the Scottish Championship tonight. That's Inverness against Alawa because Dundee against Air United was off uh, again. Fourth time because of a waterlogged Dens Park. Big game in the Premiership crags tomorrow, St Mirren mm. against your old team uh, Motherwell who are toiling at the moment. They certainly are. They've had a, top of, uh, a couple of tough defeats, heavy defeats at home. 4-1 against Hamilton, 3-0 against St Johnston. It was at both and I came away after Saturday thinking they could be in real trouble. Yep. So St Mirren against Motherwell tomorrow night. Uh, I think it's a six o'clock kickoff. I should know since I'm going to be there. And on Thursday, it is Rangers against Royal Antwerp, second leg of the last 32 in the Europa League. And uh, welcome back, George, to part two of the show, part two of your call as well. Um, and you'll be optimistic that Rangers will get that job finished off uh, on Thursday night. Yep, yep. And um, that was my next point. It's just the barometer of this team, you know, because um, where we are performing obviously in a European level to get to, granted it's not quite the Champions League, but we have played some teams that are kind of that calibre, you know, so I think Rangers have been fantastic, I think they'll get through I would like to see them maybe, I'm not saying they would win against them, but just to see where we are, um, maybe try and get an English team or, a, a, you know, a, a you know, somebody, you know, of that calibre in the next round, you know. How, impo- um, how important, I, George, is Europe to you? I mean, obviously, uh, getting title number 55 w- was the big well, game uh, and, and remains the big game. But but what about raising well, your reputation in Europe? Where, where does that well, rank alongside? 
Well, I have this discussions with my friends all the time, and I think John's going to probably have to pick yourself back off the chair again. If, well, he's <laughs> Come better. on, George. Um, he's got I, a dodgy knee. Be gentle with him. <laughs> uh, I would take Rangers winning um, Europa League before stopping 10 in a row. Wow. Uh, that, that, that Europe is, for me. Yeah. I've never seen Rangers win a European trophy. I've seen them win loads and loads of leagues, but for me, um, cool. A European trophy would mean, and I've had a few discussions. Some, some agree, some don't, because it's all about stopping ten. But we can, we'll win the league again. Do you know what I mean? Celtic will win the league again. These things are done on a regular basis from the two big clubs. You know, um, but for me, it's uh, I would take that European trophy before stopping. But it's not good. that. That's not a problem now. So it's hypothetical because we will stop yeah. ten in a row. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. um, just, just to pick up with John, John, uh, uh, just to say, I never ever said, and just in case you misinterpreted mm. me, I didn't mean that this Rangers team would stop. Brendan Rodgers' team, I never meant that. What I was meaning is we're having that kind of season in regards to points, Mark. So I don't know mm. what Celtic may have done to try and stop us this season. Not a Brendan Rodgers team or a Brendan Rodgers manager. I just mean the kind of calibre of form that we've got at the moment. Yes. You know, the form's been outstanding. I didn't want, you know, it would have been nice to see it, the two teams against each other. You know, I don't think mm-hmm. they would have went unbeaten to them. You know, maybe Brendan Rodgers' team might have just edged it, um, but it certainly wouldn't have been what it was now. And, yeah, you know, well, it's, it's something of a, there. you know, I yeah. think it's something that the fans can discuss and whatever. Mm-hmm. But also as well, going back and, you know, giving Rangers the credit they deserve. I think the one thing as well that Rangers have shown this season is being in Europe hasn't hasn't affected their their league form. It's probably helped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, well, you're playing against top opposition, European opposition. You know, you're sharp. You're you're focused mm-hmm. in terms of you want to stay in the team. You want to be a part of when you come back from Europe. Steven Gerrard has got enough players that he feels can go in and replace players. He, he's dealt with injuries very well. He's signed decent players. He's um, held on to players that clubs would have wanted in in the window. And when you're feeling disappointed yeah. that you haven't beaten Benfica despite being two goals up twice yes. that, that tells mm-hmm. you uh, the sort of level you're reaching doesn't it? It does yeah and, and listen there's no going away from it you know you, you've gone through a season you've played 30 games and you've not lost a game you've scored goals for fun you don't concede that many and there's a system in place and there's a formation and that formation doesn't vary very often they're always a flat back four They've got goals in the team. It's been probably a poor season for Morelos in terms of when he doesn't score a couple of seasons ago, you generally lost the game. He was so yeah, heavily yeah. reliant on him. But now Morelos comes out and you've got Roof, you've got you've got Hadji, you've got um Kent. You've got Kent. Arfield gets goals yeah. as well. Exactly right. So, no, you know There's no coincidence there's no coincidence actually, John, that you know, technical one that is that I think Rangers do suit the two games a week because it looked like mm. when we had that Gap in the the, the Europa League, the the form the form started to dip a bit. They were getting the one nils, a couple of draws, and the one nils again. So I don't think I think you're right. I think we suit this team and the way the style of play they play. Mm. They definitely suit the two two games in one in one week. You know, what I mean, it yeah. suited us this year. We've no doubt about it. I yeah. think that's a brilliant point. And, and that's why you know we go back to Celtic slightly here. Um, Celtic finished bottom of the Europa League group this season and they topped it last season. They beat Lazio twice. Yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. you can see with, uh, that's why I said earlier on, I think a lot of supporters are just disillusioned with how, how low that we've dropped in terms of performance levels and every, everything else that goes with it. Being 18 points behind Rangers on, and it's such an important yeah. season. For, they had to get it right this year but as I said Rangers have uh, they've done everything right this season George, George just to ask you a question does it bother you that much that people maybe don't give your team credit 
you know, ultimately yeah. you're going to win the title. You could win the Scottish Cup. You looks likely you're going to get to the last 16. If I was a player yeah. playing and nobody was giving me credit, I wouldn't really care as long as we were winning, as long as we were doing well, as long as you yeah. believed in what you were doing, the fans believed in. Surely you don't have to get the assurance from everyone else. Well, George, George let's just well, listen to what the gaffer, the former gaffer, had to say last night on the show. Just very briefly, here he is. And listen, I, I always say, I don't think they've got the deserved credit. Rangers, I think they've been fantastic. You just need to look 15 wins at home, two goals conceded in the league. That, that is an unbelievable achievement for me. Do you not think they've had the credit? No, I don't think they've got enough. I think too much it's right. been on our Celtic have not been great this yeah. season. I really do. I don't think they've, they've had enough credit. I think I maybe called him former gaffer there, former, <laughs> former captain. I slightly promoted him, former captain, uh, Barry Ferguson. Uh, do, you, do you echo those sentiments, George, from last night? Yeah, it's, it's not so much, listen, I'm not going to lose sleep at it. Who's going to lose sleep there being 18 points ahead? You know what I mean? It's not, I don't mean it like that. I'm just meaning the fact that, and I'll keep on saying it, you know what I mean? Maybe I'm not expressing it the way, you know what I mean? I don't know what Celtic could have done this season. That's the, what I'm trying to get across. They would have had to have had an unbelievable season. Also, we're not just seven points behind or we've lost four games either. That, that, that's all I'm trying to say. Whether mm. we get the credit we deserve, yeah, all right, you know, when it comes to maybe the 21st of March and say we do win the league, I'll not care who gives us credit and who no. doesn't give us credit. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I just want people to realise or people to think Celtic would have had to have been very, 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 very yeah. good this You're year. You're absolutely you know right. I mean? that, that's yeah. all I'm trying to say. Yeah. No, you've said it perfectly, George. Thanks a lot Cheers, uh, George. for getting in touch with right. us. Not Take once, care, but twice. All the best. That was George, a Rangers fan. And we go from uh, George, a Rangers fan, to Mark, who's a, a Celtic fan. Hi, Mark. Hi, Rob. How are you doing? Very well. How's yourself? Good, thank you. Good. Uh, how is your current state of suffering? Um, well, it's not great, obviously, especially after the, the game against Ross County the other night. Yeah. It, was, um, it was just more of the same, wasn't it? Um, Defence, um, making not not able to defend set pieces. It's just it's just a, a recurrent, yeah, a recurrent disaster. And, th- and this, yeah, and this and this is what Neil Lennon, of course, famously said afterwards. I'm sorry, let them down again. It's not for the want of trying to win a game of football. So we're bitterly disappointed with that. He's sorry, Neil Lennon. Is he still the man for the job, Mark? Um, I don't think so. Um, I just think that that it doesn't seem to be that he's he's, he's chopped and changed so much. Mm-hmm. He's not got the defence sorted. Um, to me, he was so slow at, um, at, at getting Turnbull into the side. I know Turnbull didn't have a great game the other night, but Brown... Brown to me has looked finished. I know he had a couple of good games recently, but the majority of the season he'd been very poor. Um, too, he was too too loyal, too long to to the existing players. Too, too loyal, too long. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the players have let him down badly, obviously, but I just think that um, there's just too, been too many things that are just pointing towards that he can't he can't turn it around. You know, um, I think I think he's been let down badly by recruitment. Um, Duffy, Duffy's not worked out. Um, um, I mentioned this. I was on the show a couple of weeks ago, and uh, Barry Ferguson was on, and was just talking about how Duffy, ever even to a man, almost was saying he was a great signing when we signed, mm. and I thought that yeah. myself. But then, mm-hmm. the more you look into it, you think, well, he played for a Brighton team that are used to kind of backs for the wall football, not playing a high level. So, do the people that are recruiting just get told we need a centre half? He ticks the box of being a centre half. Let's sign him, or do they actually look into the kind of style of play that we would expect a centre half to play? But anyway, um, you know, I think overall you've got Barkas, who for the money spent is a bit of a disaster. Lacks out, 
you're trying to replace Kieran Tierney with, with a player that just runs about fouling folk constantly. Yeah, Ayeti, um, Klimala, there's a long list of players who haven't yeah, performed. There's, so, so there's a whole list of players that haven't performed and it, and it, it makes you kind of wonder, a manager is obviously a vitally important person at a club, but the head scout at a yeah. club, you could almost argue, is actually either equal to or more important than a manager because if they don't give the manager the tools that they need to be able to perform a yeah. task, then... You know, you're, you're onto bombs. And that's the, yeah, that's really the thing, is, and that's the thing, Mark, isn't it? That that managers uh, get no time at all. A, a few bad results at, at a club like Celtic and Rangers, when when things are going badly wrong, generally it hasn't happened to Neil Lennon yet. But generally speaking, you're out ahead of recruitment can go on for quite a while, even though he goes through a couple of transfer windows, John yeah, Hartson, well, and, and is, without without getting what, the desired people in. Yeah, what gets the head of recruitment? Uh, the opportunity to keep his job is that you'd expect him if you if you buy in if you're investing in five or six players you'd, you'd certainly expect him to get one of those right so then yeah. generally if he goes on and plays a lot of football for you does very well sort of um, enhances his reputation his fee transfer fee goes up and then the, the recruitment uh, agent, the, the recruitment sort of officer uh, working at your club closely with the manager. The manager will work more closely with the recruitment man than any other person, even more so than his assistant. Because yeah. the recruitment at a football club is massive. It's number one. You've got to bring in the right type of player with the right mentality. You've got to bring in the players that can play for a club like Celtic because of the demands that put on you. Now, Mark makes some brilliant points there on that call. You look at Barkas. All right, a Polish international. Five million pound is an awful lot of money. Greek, and Greek, yeah, it's Greek, Greek, oh, Greek, sorry, Greek international. Sorry, Greek, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's an awful lot of money to pay for a goalkeeper. And um, where, where's Hazard? He's come in. He's out. Bain has come in. Celtic need a goalkeeper. They need to go and buy a goalkeeper. Yeah, well, they just spent five million on a goalkeeper. Who, who's whose heads on the chopping block for that? Yeah. That can't be Neil Lennon's. As much as I've called for a change, I think it needs. Uh, you know a little bit of, you know in terms of uh, new staff and everything else and I've yeah. said how I feel but that Neil can't be held accountable for signing no. that goalkeeper no, because, and in terms of goalkeeper Celtic went from one of the best mm. Fraser Forster who won them so many games last season mm. to, to a situation where they'd three on board and, and they didn't have complete faith in any no. of them well that was the issue because Fraser Forster was so important last year you know, so many European games, the the Old Firm Cup final when he made the penalty save and save after save that won them the trophy. So sometimes that covers up deficiencies you have in your team, possibly, you know, giving up too many chances. Whereas this year when Fraser Forster wasn't there and they're looking at Barkas and thinking, we need a save. You know, we need a big save from it's a big moment in the game. It just wasn't coming. Scott Bain, I think, will be a Celtic number two. Will always be a backup and will be in and out. I don't imagine they'll be a hugely successful team or winning trophies and whatever with Scott being as number one. I just don't think he's at that level oh. yet to be up with Alexa Fraser Forster and Craig Gordon, even at his best, was very good. And young Connor Hazard is moving forward. So you need an experienced goalkeeper, someone who, you know, John will know, you maybe go 89 minutes without touching the ball, yeah. but you have to make that one save. Well, that Rangers can, have can got one, haven't they? And Rangers have got, and that's why they brought him back. Because yeah. he knows the mentality, he knows what it takes. Wes Foringham was good, but they thought he's not what we're looking for. Alan McGregor's available, he's played in this environment, he knows the mentality, he knows the psyche of playing in Glasgow and how big one save can be, uh, be in one single game. And that's why they brought him back. And Celtic have clearly missed that, but of course, there's other deficiencies also. And in all fairness, I think Celtic did everything within their power to keep Foster. 
I think it, the, just the, too expensive. It's too expensive, and yeah. I just don't think Celtic are in that bracket in terms of what they pay players. I think that they've got, um, you know, so they've got a cut-off point where we'll offer him this. Mm. I still think he's got a couple of years could left they, on could the contract. Could they have used some that's... of that five million they they spent on Barkas? Could they've could that have chipped away at the well? There the, you go. What, what they needed they, to pay to for Fraser Forster? That's up to Fraser Forster as well. I, I the question feel, is, did he yeah, really want to yeah. come back and play exactly, in Glasgow yeah. again? I think that's they did the try. Question. In all fairness, but I think he was just out of their reach a little bit. Mark. What do you f- hence the pun, Beach. Yes, well done. Um, looking ahead to, to next season, um, what do you think about the Celtic fans are thinking currently with Neil Lennon in position? Um, do Celtic have a problem in terms of selling season tickets for, for next season? Yeah, I think that's a big concern. Uh, the stuff that I've been kind of, the people that I've spoke to and the stuff that I've been reading, a lot of people are talking about they want change and they're not going to part with money for season tickets until they see it, you know. Um, but talking about talking about Fraser Foster, you know, Craig Gordon was, was a guy that we actually had and we should have kept. Yeah. There was a mistake made letting him go in the first place. And, um, and David Marshall was another one who was available at the time, wasn't he, yeah. on a free on a free transfer. He he And look what he's gone on to do for Scotland. Mm. The, the recruitment side of things is it's just baffling because... You know they're spending fortunes on on players that they've maybe not had a chance to get a close look at. John McGinn was right under our nose, and and it was uh, it was it was stalling. You know we we just we stalled on it and took an eye off the ball on one of Scotland's big biggest prospects. Yeah, and lost him, and he's obviously been absolutely flying ever since. I think Ivan um, Tony as well, Mark. I think the striker that so, went from yeah. Peterborough um, to Brentford, and I think Celtic were. Uh, alerted uh, on that fee uh, in terms of I think it was 5.5 million and Celtic were alerted that uh, it was 5.5 million Celtic I think had offered 5 and in the end they just wouldn't go that extra whatever it took to get and I think Tony over the line and I think the last count he's got about 24-25 goals this season he's to do yeah, yeah. For, for Brentford you know playoffs last season playoff final loss to Fulham they're right back up there this season again and he, he looked like and instead we go and spend £5 million no disrespect Ayeti might turn out to be a very good striker well, I don't think he's getting while. the games yeah. he's, he's not particularly scoring goals every week but he looks decent enough with a run yeah. with a run in the team but you look at what they'd done previously, I think he'd made yeah. four or five appearances for West Ham. Yeah. Three or four of them were from the bench. And you've got to worry, if, if you're signing players out of the reserves or players who are not in their current first teams, I know West Ham are in the Premier League, but it's, it's a gamble. Yeah. Because he's not proven. Yeah. And Tony, and, Tony and, was proven. Yeah. And Mark mentioned John McGinn as well. And you do worry whether Celtic's plight at the moment does go back a couple of years uh, where they've they've gone they've gone complacent when they were cruising to every yeah. trophy there well, was in Scotland and, and they didn't hit the rebuild button a couple of years back. Well John said it himself that he thought that where they were they were probably gonna win thirteen, fourteen mm. league titles in a row. And two or three years ago, that's what everyone believed, mm. whether everyone at Rangers did or not. But certainly, all the Celtic supporters thought, you know, we can go on. The Champions League money, we're winning titles, Rangers are struggling. They're buying players from South America that, that Cachinha brought in, they haven't worked to sending them back. So it shows that, that uh, Celtic were certainly in the driving seat. So something has gone dramatically wrong 
over the past 12, 18, 24 months to allow Rangers to close that gap and for Celtic to drop so dramatically. Now Rangers have got the bit between their teeth. Absolutely, they're kicking on, they're pushing on, they're winning games. But just when John's t- talking about Ayeti, the fact that Neil Lennon started Ryan Christie as a second centre forward the other night mm. had Lee Griffiths, Patrick Klamala and Albion Ayeti on the bench. Yeah. That tells you what he thinks of those three. Yeah. If he's prepared to play someone out of position to play ahead of him. And did it work? It probably didn't. Because Turnbull, uh, uh, Turnbull, Rogic and Christie all want the same space. But and remember the work. first first um, Rangers game back in September, we started with Klamala up front on his own in that game. Yeah. No disrespect to Klamala. He looked sharp when he comes Edward on. Edward was away with COVID, wasn't he? Yeah, he was away yeah. with COVID. So was Christie. But then you had a Yeti, I believe, and Griffiths on the bench that day. Yeah. And you start with a young lad in such a massive game. Is that being overconfident? Is that saying that, oh, we'll win this game? And then Rangers come and they get as comfortable a win as they're going to have at Celtic Park when, when they won 2-0. The questions keep on coming, the doubts keep on coming about what Celtic are doing, where Celtic are going. Mark, thanks very much for your call. Cheers, Mark. Okay, thanks, guys. All the best to you, Mark and uh, George. Before him, uh, joining the football chat, you can do so to 0808 17 17 700. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. It's been a lively old night on the calls. Thanks to Chris for the travel. He'll be back again before we're finished as well. We're with you till 7 o'clock. We do it Monday to Friday tomorrow night. Uh, Barry Ferguson is back alongside uh, Paul Cooney. And Marvin Bartley uh, is there as well just a few days before the League Cup final. Big Marv will be doing his stuff uh, tomorrow night and we'll hope to be back in the team as well come Sunday. Is he uh, Sunday or is he working Sunday? He's, he's, is no, he planning or is he well, working the media? I'm not well, too sure which no, one he's going to do. Well, we'll find out in Sunday. He might, he might do a bit of both, to be honest. But uh, no, he's, because he was injured, I think, last weekend. Was that, was, right? that was a problem. But he was hoping to be back training and playing this weekend. And we've just found out in the course of today that Livingston are, are going to be going to Hamden in their own cars uh, for that for that League Cup final. Um, they could have taken multi-buses, but they've decided to, uh, to get rid of that expense and just go in their cars. And it was interesting, Davey Martindale was saying today that he was a bit worried about Effie Ambrose getting lost on the way to the game so he's he decided that he's going to drive in front of Effie and Marvin Bradley's going to drive behind him and between them they're going to make sure that he finds the way to Mount Florida uh, but, yeah. they've um, done so well Livy really haven't they cup final and the recent league form that they've been on yeah you did a little coaching spell there yeah didn't you? I worked with, with Davey actually myself and Davey used to set it all up and then obviously David Hopkins was the manager I really enjoyed it David, really infectious guy, and yeah. I was delighted when he when he got through all his recent problems that he was able to get the the, the right license and everything to coach. Because I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm a believer in second chances, and he's got one, and I'm sure he's going to take it with both hands. Yeah, he's fitting proper. That is for yes. sure. They've had uh, three games without a win. Before that, they'd uh, 14 unbeaten. Um, but it's going to be interesting against a St Johnston team who were pretty impressive themselves at the weekend and have been in general under Callum Davidson. It is St Johnston. Again against Livingston Sunday in the League Cup final. Let's get back on the the phones. It's been uh, pretty lively uh, tonight and we're going to hear next from Mick. Hi, Mick. Hi, guys. How you doing? Hi, Mick. Very well. How's yourself? Bad. Um, All things considered about the the football lately. Um, As good as I could be, I suppose. (laughs) Yeah. What, What would you like to see happen, Mick? Uh, To go back in time. Um, A year, possibly. Um, 
No, I just a change. A change is needed um, badly. I mean, I've, I've been on a few times. I think it's been the same kind of a similar kind of message, and it was just to really hear kind of John's perspective about it. Because I know that obviously he, he's he's known Lennon for a long, long time, and and also just to, to echo what the the previous caller had said to John. Obviously, really sorry to hear about the, the loss of a family member as well. That's nice of you, Mick. No, I'm thank you, Mick. And the one thing I have to say about about this whole. Um, change and 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 the fans um wanting uh Neil Lennon basically um not to be in charge uh it's nothing personal you know me and Neil we've we've always seen eye to eye um I wasn't happy with the response that he gave a couple of weeks ago when he said John Hartson's opinion doesn't matter to me okay that's his, that's his prerogative but um you know we we we've shared uh, good times together and i was disappointed with that um but it's nothing personal you know we're both professionals i work in the media i'm not privileged enough to be in charge at celtic you know um neil is and you know let's not forget when he played and his, his first initial job at Celtic when he took over and obviously winning the league and winning the Scottish Cup, he deserves praise. But right now, I just feel that the time has come. I think this season has been disastrous. There's one thing led to another. But for people that are listening, it's not personal. It really isn't. I have to do my job. I have to say what I feel. Stan Petrov has already called for Roy Keane to take charge. Now, Neil Lennon is still in charge. Chris Sutton have said on numerous occasions, Neil Lennon can't last. He can't survive this latest poor result. Mark Wilson, another Celtic player, probably would have played under Neil, stood outside Celtic um, Park a couple of weeks ago and said a change is needed. I have to call it as I see it. And I think Neil's been really good for Celtic, but I think there's a danger of him carrying on now and the club leaving him in charge. There's a danger of people turning, turning their views and and everything else against Neil. And I'd hate to see that. But I just think personally, when I say a change is needed, I've backed Neil more than anybody else throughout. I I told Peter Lowell a couple of the first time around to give Neil the job. You know, and I was speak, speaking to Peter, which they did. Um, but I just want people to know it's not personal, but a change is needed. You know, a blind man can see this season has been inept in so many ways. You know, the recruitment, the poor results, going out of the Champions League, out of the Europa League, being 18 points behind Rangers, who were so far behind this time last season or the season before. How can we be this far behind? It's not good enough. It's unacceptable. You know, and I don't know why that, you know, there's still people, a very small minority, I would say, that are still saying, well, if Neil Lennon stays in the job, that's their prerogative. It's all about opinions. But I just want people to know I'm a pundit and I have to give my view. When I was backing Neil Lennon to the detriment of backing him, I was getting hammered. Stop sticking up for you, mate. I genuinely felt at the start of the season, even with losing against Rangers, I felt we might just have had enough to turn it around. And I was backing him. I was backing him all the time. Even back then, when it wasn't 18 points, 
there were still people that wanted to change, yeah. didn't want to see Lee Nellon in charge. Yeah, but it be, it's, it's business, isn't it? It becomes yeah. business. It's, it's, not, it's not personal. Not at all. And it, and it becomes a, very much a, a commercial decision, Mick, as well, doesn't it? Because, because if Celtic as a business are looking at next season and they're worried about selling season tickets, they're worried about the fans buying into to what's likely to happen next season, they hit the panic button at that point, don't they? Yeah, I mean, it's. I mean, they've they've taken a massive gamble. They really are. I mean, they should, they should have acted, in my opinion, possibly even before January. I think after the after the Sparta Prague game. So I mean, they've taken a massive, massive chance. I mean, I was at the, the his first season in charge when he said this wasn't it. This isn't the end. It's just the beginning. I mean, everybody look at the feeling for him then compared to now. And the question I was actually going to ask John, I think he's just kind of touched on it. Um, is do you think he's in? Think he's going? To, his legacy's ruined already. Um, I'm I'm a bit undecided. I mean, I think it's been a total disaster. I think he's been really stubborn in a lot of ways, but and that maybe may even a bit of contempt and a bit of arrogance towards the fans just now. But do you think his legacy is actually ruined? I think he's coming out fighting. I think he's coming out fighting, and he loves his job. He still believes that he can he can build another team. He has to be that way, otherwise he just will give up and walk away now. And I would hate to see people turn against Neil. Um, simply because he's a fighter and he wants to stay in the job. I think it could have been taken out of his hands. I think um, managers uh, you know, live by their results, don't they? Wins, losses, points difference, everything else. And as I said, it's it's gone from one poor episode to another one. Two losses to Rangers this season, two losses to Ross County, being knocked out of the league cup, losing to Ross County, bottom of the league. Two draws against Livingston, back-to-back. Two draws against Hibs, losing to St Mirren. Shall I go on and on and on? The team, they've played with a fat-back four. They've played with three at the back. They've played with Ryan Christie, not not a recognised centre-forward. They've played two up front. They've played one up front. They didn't bring Turnbull into the side until late November. And Turnbull's now become their best player. You know, the system has changed. It went to a diamond. But that's what you do, John, when you're looking for results. Exactly. That's what what a manager does. You have to search for the right. I'm giving you reasons Mm -hmm. why it's just not happened. Yeah, Yeah, but Craggs, Neil Lennon's history is his history, surely. You're not going to change that. No. You're not going to change the fact that that Celtic won a quadruple treble. He put the finishing touches to it. And he's been such a part of success over two decades as player, coach and manager. And that's why I'm saying, Rob, I hope... I hope his legacy, when he leaves eventually, which I think it'll happen this season, I think the fans will go, didn't particularly like the way things turned out in the end, Neil, but we still have a lot of respect for you because you are a massive Celtic man. You did everything you could in terms of trying to make the team a success. It just didn't happen for you. And I hope not. And that is me speaking to a friend, if you know what I mean. Time's a healer. I would imagine further down the line. The toughest job a manager can take is the, the club they supported, the club they played for, and that's what Neil Lennon's taken on. And ultimately, somewhere along the line, it ends in tears. Because you either get sacked, or you leave and go and take another job, and people aren't happy that you've left. And I think that's the the, the, the toughest part of the job for Neil Lennon. He's in his dream job, he doesn't want to walk away. I think it's above his head now for someone else to make that decision on his behalf, if he's not going to be the manager. With regards to his legacy, I think only one of two managers at Celtic to win a treble as a player and as a manager, Billy McNeil mm. alone, is that right? I think that's probably right. I think it could be. You know, I mean, that is high yeah. regard. I'm not saying he's the same as Billy McNeil, but he's the only other manager to have won a treble, uh, sorry, person to won a, a treble as a manager and a player. Now, that is high. 
So and that can't just be brushed under the carpet. There's fans. Immediately, there's, yes, there's disappointment, yeah. but yeah. longer term, you've got to think. But also, he was there's a great fans, Rob, saying that watching Celtic at the minute with this current coaching regime, they see John Kennedy standing there, not really, you know, pointing the finger, not looking like as if he's in the Lennon's year. Let's, let's do this. Let's, he might well be in, in half time. I don't know what John does. Gavin Strachan is there with his laptop. Neil is sitting back. I just think that the fans are looking at it going, I'm not even going to watch this game. We're 18 points behind. I love Celtic. I love my club. But this is unbearable. Yeah. I can't watch this anymore. Yeah. I've I've had it up to up to my yeah. neck. It does it does you look, know it does look disjointed off the pitch as much as it looks disjointed on the pitch to be honest. But I'm just wondering, uh, Mick, what what you whether you agree with me that if that if the recruitment is poor, and I don't think there's much doubt it's been poor, then at that point the manager needs a, a magic wand, doesn't he? Yeah, I mean he's he's been it's a bit of he's, he's not had his own coaching team for a start and then. Nicky Hammond, I mean, I've, I think I'm probably his worst, I'm just my worst nightmare, to be honest with you. His recruitment has been an absolute shambles, and not, not enough spotlight has been shown on him either. I mean, Lennon's taken the brunt of uh, you know, the criticism, which is quite right quite a lot of the I time. I think we the, did the say earlier, Mick, sorry, I, th- I think, Mick, we did say earlier on, if you've been listening to the show, that... Mm-hmm. The, the whole group will will be held accountable. They have to be, yeah. not just the manager. Because I said about the mm-hmm. recruitment, Neil Lennon might not have brought in Ayeti. He might not even have seen him play. Might not have seen Barkas. But Stevie Woods, the goalkeeping coach, and the recruitment. How many times did they go and watch Barkas play play in Greece? How many times? You know, they must have given him a, a massive sort of, you know. Um, you know, a reference in terms of for Neil to go and play and start to pay that type of money for him. So we did say earlier on that Neil can't be held accountable for every everything that's gone yeah, wrong this which season. Which makes the mm-hmm. fact that, that it's Neil Lennon in the crosshairs at the moment that is, well, is, is, is harsh. It's harsh. Stops it's harsh. Manager, yeah, ultimately, because yeah, the manager needs results and, to stay and in yet, the job. And yet, you do wonder, uh, Mick, how how, much, how big a part Neil Lennon has played in the recruitment of these players that he doesn't he doesn't seem to be able to make the best of. Yeah, but I mean, I'm, I mean, first of all, I mean, I'm still waiting for Barkas to make his first save. Um, so I don't know when that's going to be. But um, yeah, I mean, it's. I think of um, and he actually touched on something behind the scenes, saying that he can't talk about it just now. Yeah, about I think it's players want to leave now, but that, I think all this will come out eventually. Yeah, because there's a lot behind the scenes that we don't know about. I, I think th- so. It will come out at some yeah. point. I think I think there was there was a suggestion, wasn't there? We spoke about it earlier in the show as well about about the after after Celtic went out of the Champions League qualifiers and he made that statement that we that we don't forget that that players were angling for moves and some guys didn't want to be there. I think at that there, there is a suggestion that at that point he he wanted those players who wanted to go to be allowed to go at that point. Yeah, uh, and and it, and there was a resistance from above, and and it was a case of we're chasing ten in a row, nobody leaves. Yeah, the thing is as well, Rob, like and. Mick and, and Craig's it's like Neil might have had that chat, chat already with Dermot Desmond he might have had a chat with Peter Lowell we don't know what goes on inside a football club they might have come to already come to an agreement a payoff I know Neil's on a 12 month rolling contract so is he holding out you know in terms of if he walks away if you know, then then obviously he doesn't get his his pay. He doesn't get the payoff mm. that he sh- that he feels he should have. You know, is he old enough waiting to be sacked? Yeah. And then they have to pay him everything. Yeah, but so there's, there's, a, there's, a, but there's a big picture. On. But but you know, if you're running Celtic, there's yeah. surely a much bigger picture yeah. than Neil Lennon's payoff. But yeah. well, they might well have said to Neil, look, let's come in, let's have a chat, let's organise this while we are trying to get somebody in. It place. doesn't sound like it. 
No, and I don't imagine I don't imagine Neil Lennon would be that kind of person to say, "Yeah, listen, that's fine." I'll go out and face the press. Yeah, but there's no way Neil Lennon's going to go out and say, "Well, okay, well, I'll go out and face the press. I'll face the hard questions. I'll talk about the rebuild. I'll talk about all the failures of the club." Yet I'm leaving in the summer. There's absolutely no way Neil Lennon's personality would allow him to do that. Not even for a million pound in the summer. Not at all. I'd be very, very surprised, John. Mick, good of you to call. Nice to hear from you again. Good questions, good points as ever, and uh, good to have you on the show. Speak to you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. That's uh, Mick from Greenock, a disenchanted Celtic supporter. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go. Thanks to Chris, who's had the travel all the way through the Go Radio Football Show tonight for uh, Tuesday with OPC Energy Limited, Rob McLean, Stephen Cragen, and John Hartson. The football chat has been flying in, and suddenly we found ourselves with not much more than 10 minutes to go on. I wonder what we're going to do for viewing uh, tonight when we get back to base. Champions League, of course, is back tonight, John. Uh, we've got uh, for your delectation tonight uh, Atletico Madrid against Chelsea or Lazio versus Bayern Munich. What are you going to go for tonight? Oh, I'll, I'll watch um, I'll watch Atletico Madrid uh, against Chelsea. I think um, you know Thomas Tuchel's come in. He's done okay at Chelsea, I think. Um, I was a little bit disappointed to see Frank Lampard lose his job. Because um, I think what he's had to endure, no transfer budget and everything else, I thought he did very well. A bit harsh. But, but transfer, um, there was two hundred million pounds spent in the summer, John. Yeah, no, but Kai he, Havertz, he, but he, he got actually it, done better he, with the young boys. Got them in the top four in. the year before, he didn't, didn't he? Right, yeah, with the young players. Yeah, I know, what you mean. Them in. <laughs> I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Well, spending money, Stephen, that brings his no, own exactly. pressures. I get that. Yeah. yeah. Thomas Tuchel's done okay though. Seven unbeaten since yeah. since, since taking over. Um, he was ruthless at the weekend. He was. He brought on Hudson Odoi said he wasn't doing uh-huh. well enough and yeah. took him straight back off again yeah. so when you're a new manager going to a club I always wondered how you manage the superstars the guys on 100, 150, 200 grand a week where does their motivation come from where does their energy come from and the manager coming in must have to show he's the boss and that was a big decision last weekend you'd imagine other players in that dressing room may, you know, now be looking and thinking oh this guy means business because he's been there before Paris Saint-Germain, Borussia Dortmund so He's certainly done well. But my viewing tonight, Rob, last weekend I went no, back no, to no, watch. Glenn Torrin and again. It is the big two Derby in Belfast tonight. Glenn Swan really? are going to Windsor Park is to play it? Linfield. And I am going home. I've paid my money this afternoon for my viewing <laughs> of the game. I'm going home to watch it. And it better be a Glenn Swan win. They won 3 1, 4 1 last, four, one, three, one last week against Portland. I, I, uh, I played at Windsor Park once, Rob. Yeah. I played it against like, you. It, it was like. It was like Playing at Ibrox. No, John, it wasn't. I played against you in that it game. Was. And I've got a picture <laughs> on my phone I, where you're dragging me off the floor. I, missed, I must have I missed another one of your elbows. Craig's I missed a penalty. Mike Taylor. You did Birmingham. Save, yeah. But we won the game 3 2. Yeah, you did. Giggs, you pulled us out. He scored a free kick. John free Toshak. Kick. Yeah. But yeah. it wasn't, it was quite hostile for me, Craig. It was. Yeah. I, I, it wasn't as bad as, well, you should have been there the night that, that uh, we played Poland. And the ball was packed, uh, passed back to Arthur Boric in front of the spine cop end. Mm. And he went to kick it and he missed it completely and it rolled into the net. It was like Ibrox that night by all accounts behind that goal. And Arthur Boric turned around the Northern Ireland fans were there. So I played in the game against that night, John, at uh, Windsor Park. Ran gigs, had a free kick and Mike Taylor dived out of the way of it. You must have had a big bucket, <laughs> back pocket to accommodate him. No, to be fair, he was dragging me up. There's something happened there. I've got a picture somewhere Talking on the phone of the house. Managers dealing with superstars. More than he'll have to deal with a few. Yes, he did. He did. What can you think of any, John? <laughs> well, yeah, Henrik Larson, of course, yeah. Yeah, that's Bobby true. Bobby Keane, Republic <laughs> of Ireland. But, but, 
you, you really need to open your eyes to Champions League, Craigs. Uh, there must be Irish football on every it's night of the week. It's uh, not real, Rob. Some... It's not real football. Okay. Well, is it, well, <laughs> well, I guess it's not real when you fi- when you find out that Atletico Madrid against Chelsea is being played in Bucharest tonight. <laughs> the new oh. normal. Uh, and in Rome, of course, it's Lazio uh, against Bayern Munich. I love watching Bayern Munich, who are the holders, yeah. of course. And I was, I was just reading today, they've won six titles, Bayern Munich, in the last nine months. You know, including the World Club yes, Cup yes, and true. all sorts of you know domestic trophies, the Champions League itself, um, and Robert Lewandowski, thirty-one goals in his last thirty-three Champions League games. I think that might, might be my got choice. Everything, isn't he? As yeah, a centre forward, he can head it, quick volley, finish. He's just got the lot. Aggressive. Let's come back to uh, domestic Scottish football and, uh, well, it, w- it wouldn't be a Go Radio football show without a chat about the disciplinary process. And we, had, we do have one appeal up in the air at the moment against a, a red card for uh, Jamie Hamilton of Hamilton, uh, the 18-year-old defender at the weekend. Uh, you'll have seen it, I'm sure, uh, either on the TV or on social media. Uh, Hibs won 2-0, 2-0 against Hamilton at Easter Road Saturday. Jamie Hamilton red carded for his challenge uh, on Martin Boyle. John, you've caught up with the the video. Uh, was that a red card? Should that have been a red card? No, uh, the angle I've seen, and we've seen it ten times tonight before we come into the studio. There's no contact. Martin Ball goes over, but from the angle we have got, you know, Jimmy Hamilton doesn't doesn't make any contact. He slides, but he gets the ball. He may he, catch him with his trailing leg. The, the, his right foot that he lunges and, and plays the ball. If Martin Boyle had been closer, there's the possibility of endangering the safety of an opponent. But there's probably a yard or so between, maybe not even as much as a yard, but there's a good enough gap between Jamie Hamilton's right leg touching the ball and Martin Boyle. He was never endangering Martin Boyle. Mm. He was always getting the but ball. Martin Boyle, Craig, is, is, he, is, is, he's, he's, almost going, he's almost going clean through, right? If Martin Boyle gets there first, he's, he's, he's knocking the ball in front and he's clean through. So Jamie Hamilton has to... Make go all in to try and win the ball, right? It's last ditch, mm. and he gets the ball. Martin Ball then goes over, he gets the ball, and then he's sent off for it. Yeah, how does how does yeah. he if, feel? So, if he catches him with his trailing leg, as you suspect, yeah. Craggs, is that a red card? No, I don't think so because no. he's not, you know. When he's sliding, you have you know where do you put your leg? Yeah. So it's going to get turned around. And yeah, we, we should know I, I tomorrow. Imagine, I think. Imagine. Listen, it has to get turned around. If that doesn't get turned around tomorrow, then it's time to pack yeah, up the, poor, the compliance officer and, and just forget about it. That, that's how strongly I feel about it. We, and, as did Brian Rice after the game. He wasn't happy at all. No, no, absolutely. Um, I want to get your thoughts. We, we just chatted very briefly at the top of the show. So before we go, I want to get your thoughts on Motherwell and the just how big that game is mm. tomorrow night in Paisley, St Mirren against Motherwell. Just looking at the league table, the whole complexion's changed, hasn't it, on the back of Sunday That's when exactly. Ross County came off the bottom and suddenly things got that bit tighter. Mm. Four points between the bottom four now. It is Hamilton and Kilmarnock on 24. Uh, Ross County, two better off now and a further two ahead of them are our Motherwell who looked initially under Graham Alexander as if they'd racked up a vital few mm-hmm. points and they were heading towards safety they're not safe now are they? No absolutely not you know and you touched on it there I think it's two from four who are going to end up in the bottom two and Ross County have been galvanised by that result uh, up in Dingwall on Sunday night I think back to you know Motherwell's last two games 3-0 on Saturday against St Johnson 4-1 the previous week they played Kilmarnock in midweek prior to that remember we Chris Burke on and we're having a yeah. bit of a laugh Kilmarnock absolutely battered them Motherwell probably had the best two or three goal scoring chances but they were on the back foot for long spells and I wouldn't say that result maybe gave them false hope but they hadn't played particularly well then to go and lose 4-1 to Hamilton to lose to 8-1 to Hamilton over three games in aggregate 
is embarrassing for Motherwell. That shouldn't be happening. You know, and that's not against Hamlet, but you shouldn't be losing eight one to your rivals or someone who's in the same part of the league as you. Mm. So Wednesday night won't be a defining night for them. But Graham Alexander has to see a dramatic improvement in performance. There has to see a little bit more heart and fight and desire. All the things that are free in football do not cost you a penny. The Motherwell fans and Graham Alexander have to see that on Wednesday night. Albeit they've had a lot of injuries, I get that. But that doesn't make up for people not wanting to run about and make tackles and challenge people and match runs and do the ugly side of the game. You only look at Ross County on Sunday night, Rob. You were there and I was mm. there. They've done everything without the ball. Now that is the kind of performance that will keep you in the top flight and Mother will have to bring that type of performance to the table. Can they beat St Mirren? Yes, they can. It'll be interesting to see who's back fit. Stephen O'Donnell, who's been filling in as captain from Declan Gallagher when he's been injured, will be back after suspension. But there has to be a big upturn in performance because they're starting to slip and Hamilton have had a few good results Ross County yeah. have yeah. Kilmarnock could use something somewhere along the line you, can't, mm. you won't just keep losing suddenly if they get a result then Mother will think wow so there's a big big result needed and a big game needed on Wednesday night although you do look at trends don't you yeah. and, and Ross County have got a big win well, which doesn't, is, it just, Rob, just, just doesn't give them three points it, it gives them belief about the rest of the season as Craig says yeah. Hamilton are putting some points on the board the two I'm, I fear for at the moment are Kilmarnock eight straight defeats Kilmarnock and, on the slide, and, yeah. and Motherwell who, you know, who've lost their last two games by a, a combined seven goals to one mm-hmm. against St Johnston and Hamilton yeah well Graham Alexander uh got a bit of experience hasn't he um, you know uh, in terms of uh, coming from Salford and everything else and did okay there I know Graham he was at Luton um, at a time when I was there as well but I do worry for Ross County and imagine John Hughes might agree with this that they put everything into that game on Sunday night now generally we always used to think at Celtic teams it's on television it's live it's mentioned all week on the on the fans' websites. It's on the radio every night. So the players play like supermen. They give everything. They run themselves into the ground. Always then, the following week, that team that would play Celtic or Rangers put so much into it, the crowd is there, it's live on mm-hmm. television. They generally lose because they can't then go and repeat that's that same the, effort. Yeah. And that's what John Hughes will be saying. It's okay to but do the it dynamic changes. live on television. I think the dynamic changes because yeah. in, in those games you don't have the ball. All your work is without the ball. Yeah. When suddenly Ross County go to St Mirren on Saturday, they're going to have to now deal with the ball yeah. and you know have that energy without it, but also have the energy with it. And, and sometimes that's where the counterbalance comes in. John will certainly be looking for same effort. You know, same in terms of they want to cut past the ball. I think he's gone in there. And he's given them a real opportunity, hasn't he? Now, John, he's you know he's talked them up the league a yeah. bit into tenth. Yeah, fantastic result for Ross County on Sunday, but it's all very intriguing down at the bottom of the table. And um, we will uh, find out uh, at this time tomorrow night about the teams, the team lineups uh, for that game, St Mirren against Motherwell in Paisley. Big implications for the top six, big implications as well for the drop zone. And we're back uh, with another Go Radio Football show tomorrow night. It's Paul Cooney with Barry Ferguson and Marvin Bartley on air from five. The Bull Radio Football Show. Let's go! Feel the heat of the game, the crunching tackles, the near misses and diving headers. Feel the drive from the sidelines. Feel the passion of your captain. Feel the celebrations. Feel the last-minute heartache and the penalty save that changes everything. Feel the heat of the game from the comfort of your own home with OPC Energy Limited. For more information on heat pump servicing and breakdowns, renewable energy and more, visit opc-ltd.uk.